You're listening to Fireside Fridays, a podcast by Ghosts of Gippsland. In this episode, we'll be discussing a tale of odd history and lost treasure. A tale of stolen gold sovereigns buried somewhere in Gippsland. This story has captured the imaginations of the public for over a century, and it's been the subject of books and articles. It is the story of Martin Weiberg, and it goes a little something like this. Martin Weiberg was a ship's carpenter aboard the SS Avoca who, in 1877, managed to steal 5,000 gold sovereigns that would be worth millions of dollars today. A history book published in 1964 by Kenneth W. Byron called Lost Treasures in Australia and New Zealand described how Weiberg managed the feat. The book states as such, The crime had been planned long in advance. Weiberg had first seen this chance several months before when he was instructed to do a repair job. He took the opportunity to obtain a wax impression of the key and cut a duplicate. After removing the 5,000 gold sovereigns from one of the strong boxes, Weiberg filled the boxes with sawdust, then resealed it so carefully that, along with the other strong boxes, it was transferred to the SS China in Melbourne without the robbery being detected. The theft of coins was not noticed until the SS China arrived in its destination in modern-day Sri Lanka. Melbourne police investigated the robbery, and a cunning Weiberg continued to work aboard the ship for another five months. He then purchased property on the Tarwin River, east of Inverloch in Gippsland. According to historic newspaper articles found on Trove, two Melbourne officers, Inspector Secretan and Detective Mackay, persistently pursued inquiries to track down the stolen gold. Acting on a lead, the pair, who were accompanied by a senior constable by the name of O'Meara, began the journey from Melbourne to the Tarwin River to pay Martin Weiberg a visit. Along the way, they crossed paths with Weiberg by chance. In an article in The Age, dated October 29, 1878, described Weiberg's arrest. Weiberg appeared very much surprised, but offered no resistance. He was at once searched and a number of sovereigns found upon him. He was then taken to the Griffiths Point lockup, and the three officers proceeded to his hut on the Tarwin River. The hut was minutely searched, and the officers were rewarded by finding some sovereigns concealed in a large carpenter's plane, in the end of which a hole had been bored to a depth of about two feet. A piece of wood was very neatly fitted into the end of the hole, and on this being removed, about 200 sovereigns dropped out. In all, about 400 sovereigns had been recovered. Weiberg spent about six weeks in custody and returned to the Tarwin River to show police where the rest of the gold sovereigns were hidden. But during the search, Weiberg punched one of the officers in the stomach and ran into the nearby bushes. After this event, he managed to evade police capture for five more months. Weiberg met up with police again on a bush track near Eagle Point, near Painesville. He was arrested, taken to Melbourne, and sentenced to five years hard labour. Once released, it appears Weiberg travelled to Hobart and purchased a yacht. He sailed the yacht back to Waratah Bay in Gippsland, parked the yacht, and rowed a small boat to shore to collect supplies. 
but when he tried to row back to the yacht, the weather had turned bad. His small boat was found washed ashore the next day, and Weiberg was presumed to have drowned, but his body was never found. An article titled The Rumoured Drowning of Martin Weiberg, dated October 19, 1883, suggests Weiberg may have found refuge on one of the Great Glenny Islands. The police searched the beach for 20 miles and found no trace of the body. It has since been reported by people at Waratah Bay that lights were seen on one of the Glenny Islands on Sunday night last. It may be possible that Weiberg is on the island. There are also reports of Weiberg being spotted in Europe years later, so maybe the cunning thief retrieved the stolen sovereigns and escaped to a new life in Europe. Or is the gold still buried in Gippsland? Many in Gippsland are intrigued by Weiberg's story and have often wondered about the location of missing sovereigns. The coins were stamped with very specific wreath design as requested by the purchaser. Circling back to the time when Weiberg was arrested, detectives grilled him for a confession. It was obvious that he must have had an accomplice, as it would have been very difficult to transport 5,000 coins with a combined weight of 1,500 kilograms without anyone noticing. Weiberg named the ship's first officer, Robert Elliston. Elliston had resigned from P&O for health reasons and was living in England, and so this delayed the investigation. Eventually, it was proven that Elliston was innocent, and after a long battle, compensation was made for damages to his reputation. The accomplice was never found, but one theory put about was that the accomplice brought a boat up alongside the Avoca while the Avoca was near Inverloch. The gold was transferred during the night and then taken through Anderson's Inlet and up the Tarwin River. In an effort to locate the fortune, the police brokered a deal with Weiberg, who was to take them to another of his plants near his selection on the Tarwin. Supposedly, he had filled a kettle with 1,700 or 1,800 of the gold sovereigns and sunk it in the Tarwin River. Two detectives, Weiberg and a boatman named Tarwin Jack, travelled up the river to a place that Weiberg had previously described. Using an improvised pole and hook, the detectives started dragging the river with no success. Weiberg was not handcuffed and he helped the officers. His behaviour was exemplary until the second day when the opportunity arose and this is when he made his great escape. Weiberg was on the run for about five months, living rough in the bush around the Envelope Walkerville area. During this time he befriended a man named Pierce who took sovereigns to Melbourne and returned with goods for Weiberg. It was during this time that Weiberg sent a parcel containing sovereigns to the value of £1,000 to South Melbourne for the purchase of a boat. Pierce instead loaned 300 to a friend and the rest was found hidden in South Melbourne. Weiberg was extremely cautious while on the run. He camped regularly in a cave near Eagle's Nest in Bullock, being careful to cross the sand only when the tide was running in so that there were no footprints to be seen. He was an excellent swimmer and often swam across Anderson Inlet, braving the freezing water and sharks. It was this that finally led to his capture. Using field glasses, the detectives watched the inlet from Cape Patterson. In May of 1879, they spotted Weiberg swimming across. They recaptured him. He pleaded guilty and received a sentence of five years. Upon his release, Weiberg and his brother purchased a small yacht called the Neva. In 1883, they sailed it to the Glennies, a group of islands near Walkerville. Before being arrested, Weiberg had married a woman named Rosina, and they had a child. Rosina was living in Walkerville with their youngest child, and was working as a housekeeper for the local family. The story goes that Martin left his brother in the boat sheltering near the island and rowed a small skiff to Walkerville. The weather cut up very rough and he had been drinking. It was assumed that he also visited one of his plants and collected some of the gold. He tried to get to Rosina and the child to come with him, but Rosina refused. 
It was reported that many locals watched his small boat as he attempted to get back to the Neva. The waves were massive and the whitecaps were breaking over the bow of the skiff. A day or two later, the skiff and some items, including an oilskin coat belonging to Weiberg, were found washed up on Yanniki Beach. It was generally thought that Weiberg had drowned, possibly weighed down by gold sovereigns he may have had in his pockets. A steamship named Gazelle was in the vicinity, and her master, Captain Leith, went out to the islands and found Martin's brother on the Neva. He was short of food, so the Gazelle towed the Neva into Walkerville. The brother refused to believe that Weiberg had drowned, and many locals seemed to feel the same. It was reported that lights and fires were seen on the nearby islands, and Captain Leith made another investigation of the islands. He reported that nothing was found. Eventually, the Gazelle towed the Neva up to Melbourne, and Rosina and her youngest child were on board the Gazelle. In December of 1883, it was published that Weiberg had not drowned, but had boarded the steamship Sorata and was on the way to London. Further rumours came about that Weiberg had settled in Sweden and owned a large hotel. But to add a little bit of mystery to the story, it was reported in 1894 that a young man by the name of Radcliffe had discovered a skeleton while digging a drain at Waratah Bay. The skeleton was complete except for a small portion at the back of the skull. The general consensus of opinion was that it was Weiberg, but of course this leads to the question of who murdered him. No more gold was found until 1904 when a farmer near Inverloch found a stash of 75 gold sovereigns while chopping up an old tree for firewood. All in all, 1,775 sovereigns were retrieved. This means that 3,225 gold sovereigns with a minimum present-day value of about $2 million are still missing. So there you have it, a tale of missing gold and mysterious disappearances. So what do you think? Did he die in Waratah Bay or did he make it back to Europe? And, most important of all, is the gold still out there? Thank you for listening to Fireside Fridays. You can follow Ghosts of Gippsland on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. This is Vigilante's Vendetta production, which you can also follow on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. All source material has been credited in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. story from Gippsland, whether it be ghost, cryptid or other, please feel free to drop us a line, send us an email at ghostofgippsland at gmail.com or contact us on our social media channels.